this week's episode of Latchkey Movies, the podcast where we take a critical look at the movies your kids are watching without your supervision. Today, we are going to talk about the just-released movie. It's 2019. It's fall 2019. Frozen 2. My name is Sarah. (laughs) My name is Sarah. I am the mom of a four-year-old boy. And I am Briar Harvey, and I am the mom of an 18-year-old girl, an 8-year-old boy, and a 2-year-old boy. And I have to tell you, I did not plan on taking the 8-year-old boy and the 2-year-old boy to this movie, because I didn't assume that they'd be very interested. Mm -hmm. And when I informed the 8-year-old boy of this, I apparently was mistaken. So (laughs) I still owe him... An equal number of hours of Mario time tomorrow (laughs) to make up for the fact that he did not get to go see this movie with me. Oops! (laughs) Um, I went and saw it at 9 o'clock in the morning while my son was in school. um, Because I know I made the mistake last time when we did Lion King of taking Mm -hmm. it with me. And there were two bathroom breaks. So, <laughs> which so, for that movie wasn't a problem for right, this right. one could yeah. have been so this time around our local theater does five dollar tuesdays and it's any mm-hmm. movie even like brand new movies and since we're like rewards club members we can buy our tickets online with no fees so as soon as tickets went on sale i bought my ticket for friday by myself and then <laughs> Two more tickets to go on Tuesday. So I'll be seeing this movie <laughs> twice in less than a week. So That I mean, was that, a good plan. That was a, pretty, a good plan. <laughs> that's not like an unusual thing to have to see the same movie multiple times as an adult with kids. But no. usually it's not in the theater. <laughs> this, I, I, I don't know. I may, I may yet get suckered into the Tuesday $5 tickets myself on this one. We'll see what happens. There does seem to be a fairly large slate of wintertime movies coming up. So Mm -hmm. we may actually get to skip this one in favor of a bunch of other crap that's coming. Yeah, there's a lot coming out. All right, so where do we want to start with this one? That is an excellent question. Where do we want to start with this one? (laughs) Um, Well, first I think we should start by saying there's obviously going to be spoilers. In our yeah, let's today. so spoiler alert. Spoiler if you alert. Haven't seen the movie yet, and you're worried about spoilers. I don't think I would go any further. I mean, you come back and listen to us another time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I have to say that I find there to be anything truly revolutionary right. about this plot. However, right. so, like, what really are we going to be spoiling? So I guess what you go into it with is there was, uh, and I was just re-listening to our last our episode on Frozen 1. 1? Frozen 1? The first Frozen movie? And yeah, you I were not surprised. Yeah, I wish they named this better. I really <laughs> wish they'd given this some kind of subtitle name right. or something. Yeah. The second adventure would Frozen be fine. Two. Whatever. Into the Unknown. There you go. There it is. It's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, And, like, so in that one we talk about how 
you were not surprised by the Hans reveal as the um, villain, but I was. And so I kind of had like an expectation of there being some sort of, not necessarily like a twist, but like something not obvious about this movie. Mm-hmm. And um, that didn't happen. So even just saying that, though, I feel like can be a spoiler for some people. Like if you go into a movie and you know that there's no... Like, twisty-turny parts. That alone could be a spoiler. Or going into the movie and knowing there's a twist can also be a spoiler, right? Because then you're looking for the twist. Yeah. yeah, Generally, this is a non-surprising plot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's things that we... I personally had hoped would be in the movie that were not. That were not. So let's just get that out of the way first then, I guess. Um, I really expected Anna to have powers. I expected some kind of love story for Elsa. Even if it wasn't her big gay love story that people are hoping for. Mm -hmm. And let's be clear. There are hints we'll say but i would argue only if you're looking for them mm-hmm. and if you're not I, I don't know we'll get into this a little bit more because the question of elsa's sexuality is gonna come up mm-hmm. it's it, it's uh, i don't know i also thought that they would potentially find their parents um I'm glad that the parents were more included in this movie. Mm -hmm. Like, you got more of their story. And it was actually a pretty surprising story. Like, I didn't expect that to be, like, the origin of her parents. But um, I was happy with what we did get. But I just kind of, I don't know. I expected Disney to somehow make their parents still around. (laughs) Especially... You expected Disney to pull a Disney. And I can't honestly say as I blame you for this because it's Disney. I was totally disappointed by their misuse or total lack of use mm-hmm. of Sterling Brown. Right. I, it's, it was a nothing character. Really, they could have used anybody for that role and it would have been fine. Right. Why bring... I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just because I really like him as an actor and the work that yeah. he does. And so I wanted him to have a bigger role, but mm-hmm. I was disappointed. Yeah, I, I, I really expected from the marketing and knowing what they've produced as far as toys and stuff, I expected the Sterling K. Brown character and those soldiers in general to have like a more um, forward role in the movie. And I expected that that was going to be the way that Disney was going to market to boys, but they are but like instead, barely. But instead, it appears that Disney has just decided to ignore yeah. boys entirely for the release of this film. And I, we can link to this, but the thing that made me the most frustrated about that was I got like a targeted marketing in my Instagram from Columbia, the clothing, like the winter wear company that they have a whole line of winter wear themed to Frozen 2. You should look it up. There's some really cool coats. There's some cute stuff. It (laughs) is cute. There's an awesome um, cape coat that, like, if I could, like, be the person to wear a cape coat, that's the cape coat I would want to wear. There's a really beautiful um, winter jacket themed to Elsa. 
It's white, so yeah. you know, but it's like knee length. It'd yeah, and it's got the thumb cool. holes. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Um, and for those, they have those coats in women's sizes and children's sizes. So mm-hmm. like women and little girls. And then they have a men's coat that's like themed to like Kristoff, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's cute, a cute too. coat. Mm-hmm. They don't have a little boy's version nope. of that coat. Why don't they have a little boy's version they of that They don't have coat? a little boy's version of that coat. They mm-hmm. have nothing Olaf-themed. Mm-hmm. I, as a... It's really kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. I sent it to a friend of mine, like, when I found it. I'm like, this this is weird, right? Like, why not just make a small version of that men's coat like they did with the women's coat? Like, there's no reason not to. We will probably come back to this theme again and again and again, and yeah. we'll never have any answers here. Right. But as a mom of both boys and girls, I am often really baffled by the way that boys are excluded in marketing. Mm-hmm. Like, Which is like, it's a tough thing to be able to say that, mm-hmm. because I, that doesn't mean that I don't want things to be inclusive for little girls. Because no, I, 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 I think that's incredibly important. Representation matters. But there are times when I feel like that's happening at the exclusion of boys. And it's, to me, most notable when we're talking about commercial things. Mm-hmm. Like, this has shown up again and again when we look at the marketing and the toys and the materials that are available for kids' movies, when they genderize things, Mm -hmm. they do it often to the exclusion of one gender or the other, Mm -hmm. and don't... I don't know. I we're, again, never going to have any definitive solutions Mm -hmm. here. But it's really puzzlesome to me. And with this storyline, I I know, it's Frozen, it's the sisters, but boys loved this movie. They initially sold Frozen, and we talked about it when we did this the first time, that they had marketed this Mm -hmm. to some extent to little boys Mm -hmm. with young Kristoff and... That's just gone here. It just and I exist. would say too, like there's so many opportunities in this franchise for gender neutral stuff mm-hmm. that they just don't take advantage of. You mm-hmm. know, um, uh, like uh, it's always the little boy stuff is always just that they slapped Olaf on something, and that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. There's no care or thought or deliberation to how they could really be legitimately gender inclusive and I don't understand why. I just don't. Disney. I know. Disney, Disney, Disney. (laughs) There will be an article I link in the show notes when we come back to the question of Elsa's sexuality, but... There's a lot of that in this, too. Disney pushes hard for inclusivity mm-hmm. without actually doing the things that would be truly inclusive. Right. And I think, not to like defend Disney on that, I think this is an issue that's happening in film across the board mm-hmm. because in order to be successful and in order to be a blockbuster movie you need that worldwide 
box office. And and we're talking about China. In and case yeah, there was China. any question here, yeah. you if can't it's not so heteronormative, right. it will not pass censors in mm-hmm. China. And I feel like we're really being done a disservice mm-hmm. to that because of that. Like, I'd like to see where things would go if that was out of the equation, but I absolutely understand why that's not out of the equation because that's a cash cow that I think a lot of production studios aren't willing to China's not use. a lot of money. I, you know, we've talked about China before or will soon in our timeline when we get to Kung Fu Panda. It's it's a difficult question. How do you deal with China? I don't know. I don't know. How do you solve a problem like China? <laughs> I don't know. But um, let's talk about Disney World again. Okay. Um, so as we all know, Disney World, you go and you can meet the characters, right? Right. So the Disney internet is all upset at the moment so we're recording oh, come this on, on use Saturday. the word they're a twitter they're, they're a twitter, twitter. <laughs> they're a twitter disney internet is a twitter we're recording this on saturday afternoon the movie released thursday night yesterday friday it came out and there were images pictures like released that the new dresses that disney the fate what they call so what Disney calls a character that's like a princess character, that's not wearing a full face costume like Eeyore or Winnie the Pooh. They call them face characters. Right, because they actually have They faces. show their face, yeah. So it came out that Disney had redressed the Anna and Elsa face characters as early as Friday in their costumes from the end of the film. Okay. Which is a huge spoiler because it's Queen Anna. Oh. So people are like up in arms because they're like it's you didn't even give me 24 hours to see this movie now, before you did. I that. was I was I was going to cut Disney a lot of slack here until no, you she's said in the full that it queen was outfit. Queen Anna. Mm-hmm. Because that is I mean if we're going to talk about spoilers... That's a spoiler. That is an actual right. spoiler of this... I mean, potentially the only spoilerish type... Th- the only right. surprise as far as I was concerned, right. honestly. I mean, the plot itself was relatively uneventful and not surprising to me in any way. Mm-hmm. But the, hey, let's give Anna... The, the castle down yeah. the hill, and I'll stay up here. That was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. yeah. So, and I believe in like the marketing materials, they're referring to her as Queen Anna. Um, oh. She also has a gigantic engagement ring. <laughs> well, as a face character, it's so, much bigger than the one from the movie. <laughs> man, Disney just doesn't know how to not smart like give it like a week you know a week yeah you don't really need to jump on that marketing train because chances are most of the people waiting in line to see those characters on friday haven't seen the movie yet because they're on vacation at disney world (laughs) all right should we move on to the movie yeah let's do cast okay um we touched the main cast 
the first time, so I don't think we're going to talk about any of them. Let's. They're play. all the same. They're all the same. <laughs> it's Adina Mazel, Kristen Bell, Jonathan Groff, and Josh Gad. Back again. Yep. All right. So, Sterling K. Brown. You probably know him as Randall from This Is Us. He was in the Ryan Murphy OJ series. And he was in the beginning of Black Panther in, like, I don't know, the flashbacks. Yes. The parts of it that take place in the 90s. Yes. Okay. The uncle. The uncle. The name is Njobu, which I'm probably mauling. Sorry, everyone. Yeah. I, I I feel bad. But either way, that's Sterling K. Brown. Okay. <laughs> he plays Lieutenant Destin Matthias. Mm-hmm. Definitely could have used more time in the movie. I feel like he had maybe five lines. I'm. I I wanted more. I just I, I really really wanted more. He was well drawn though. I, I guess and I'll I, give him that. He was. I he was, like the story they gave him. Mm-hmm. Like I like that they came back to like and that woman waited for him. He got a girlfriend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I also like the little callback where, like, she's showing him a photograph and he doesn't know what it is. Mm -hmm. Like, I like, okay, so even back then, technology changes. Mm. And people (laughs) have been gone for, whatever, 30 years. Something like that. Long time. Long time. There's no real sense of time in this one or in the previous one. And the only sense of Base or place that you get isn't actually in either of the films. It's in the short, mm-hmm. in the Disney short, where you get to see the snowball that she shoots out of the yeah. horn on the map. Yeah. But that's the only place where you ever get a sense of any mm-hmm. of this in, in terms of where they're at. I do think that they say at the end, or at some point, how long they had been in there, but I, I, I don't have... I mean, we've only seen the movie once, once, and our notes all came in dark theaters. So, you get what you get, and you don't get upset. <laughs> <laughs> there is a timeline, I'm just not really sure what it is. Um, okay, then we have Evan Rachel Wood as Queen Aduna this time around. She was Jennifer Lee the first time, who is, uh, we see a lot as the filmmaker. She just did the one line. Mm -hmm. This was her movie. She got the one line. It was fine. But now we needed an actual, I guess, actor to sing the song, probably, because there's songs here. I didn't know Evan Rachel Wood could sing. I didn't either, and I I know her as... Uh, she's from um, Westworld, but she is also she dated Marilyn Manson at one point. See, and <laughs> she was also in True Blood. I I have <laughs> to admit, there was an article that I found. I'll see if I can find it again. Something about how Evan Rachel Wood got famous, because admittedly, I didn't really. No. Except for when I look at her credits, I'm like, oh, there's some stuff here. Mm-hmm. She was in Practical Magic all those She's years one of the ago. little girls. Yeah, one of the girls. I think the older girl. But moving on, uh, we st- 
had Alfred Molina this time. That for, seems so weird to me. I, I I don't I don't understand this one. Quite. I don't why like why I don't know why Alfred Molina. <laughs> I mean like, the age isn't right. Well, he is. He does do voices. He right. was in Ralph Breaks the Internet, apparently. It just it it's not that I really care, but no, but just kind just... of surprising. Well, here's what I think is surprising: that you had Alfred Molina is King Agnar, so he dies before he gets very old, right? Mm-hmm. But then you have Jeremy Sister Sisto as King Runyard, who is an old man. If you flip flopped those two car- like those two voice actors, I wouldn't have thought twice of it. That is not an invalid point, actually. Because as soon as King Runyard starts talking, I was like, is that Jeremy Sisto? Well, that's weird. He's not like an old distinguished man. (laughs) An old distinguished man. I don't know. And I don't know that it really matters here. It doesn't matter. Given that (laughs) both of these guys had a handful of throwaway lines that were... While, I guess, relevant to the plot, I I don't know. This movie was not... It was obviously a sequel. I mean, obviously a sequel. But there were some, maybe, issues. Okay, (laughs) do we have anyone else that we really feel like we need to cover? Martha Plimpton. As Yelena, the leader of the North Uldra tribe... Jason Ritter, that was kind of surprising. Yep. He was um, the other reindeer guy. <laughs> the other reindeer. Ryder is his name. Okay. The other <laughs> reindeer guy. Um, Rachel Matthews as Honey Marin, who is potentially Elsa's throwaway love interest, but you wouldn't know because it was definitely thrown away. And then Jeremy Sisto. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Tudyk was there for a handful of... He Randoms. Yeah. guard, North Uldra leader, and an Arendellian soldier. And then we have the singer um, Aurora is her name. She is Norwegian and she plays the voice. So that was a nice little I suppose we've bitched before about a lack of apparent cultural sensitivity and there are a number of places here where this has been a problem even though it's a bunch of white people Mm -hmm. theoretically and so they tried to do a little bit better job in the second version and i think they mostly did at least on that particular note. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about, and this showed up in my notes that I shared on Instagram, the voice to me sounded exactly like the theme from Doctor Who. Um, it's called the Doctor's theme. They used it a lot in like the David Tennant years. And every mm-hmm. time it would happen in the movie, I was like, that sounds like Doctor Who. I... Would have to look at the sheet music, but I bet it's pretty close. I'm sure. I don't know. I don't know anything about that stuff. It's on you. 
I did go and find the sheet music for Into the Unknown. Yeah. And the third, Into the Unknown, is indeed an octave and a half jump. And I am not looking forward to the number of people who are going to butcher that song. Because <laughs> yeah. there's going to be a lot mm -hmm. of them. Yeah. All right. Well, you ready to start? I'm ready. Okay. Give us so, the castle. So the movie starts with your standard castle, and the it's like a riff on the intro song from the first movie. Um, eventually, the North Uldra sing that mm -hmm. song in person, which is mm -hmm. nice. I like that they did that. Um, it's like the it's a little bit different than the intro to the first movie, though. So you get introduced. And it's um, Anna and Elsa's little kids. And you get the whole story of um, why the forest is blocked off at that point. And that's all before the uh, Frozen logo comes on. Mm-hmm. So that was... I guess our backstory, because yeah. unfortunately, they used up all of the relative 12 pages of Hans Christian Andersen they had in the Snow Queen to make Frozen in the yeah. first place. So now... I mean, short of, I guess, making Elsa a bad guy in this one, they had to just go straight up, like, original content. Well, because she wasn't a bad guy in the first one, so since they yeah, but got... they could have made her a bad guy here. Mm-hmm. And no bad guy here. Not, I mean, a dead bad guy, I guess. Yeah. But he died in the attack, so... Right. He got his comeuppance. Right? That's exactly <laughs> what we'd call that there. Um, okay. So, then we get the lullaby, right? Which is really pretty. Yes. It's called All is Found. Mm-hmm. There is And it also like explains the um pivotal steps that Elsa has to take for the river. <laughs> and not to go too far down. Oh I guess drown. it does. Right. There is that little bit of backstory there. So I wonder We'll never really know, and the writers probably don't know, because it doesn't seem like they put a whole lot of thought into it, really. But how much did... What is her name? Dina um, Menzel? No. Yeah, Aduna. Queen Aduna. Oh. How much did she know about the special nature of her daughter? How much did she suspect? I mean, yeah. it really calls into question more and more the nature of their parenting, which right. frankly is bad. So, I believe we've said this before, but it's bad. So I guess... I don't know. So I was going to say... I guess you don't know what their intentions were, really, because I don't think they expected to not come back. Um, but knowing that they were going into the dark sea or whatever, maybe they should have expected to not come back. Maybe they didn't both need to go. And um, 
I think at that point, Elsa was old enough to explain some things to her. Because it's obvious that the North Uldra, the idea of there being a fifth spirit is something known to the North Uldra, right? And they're looking for answers to why Elsa is the way she is. Ostensibly, they're looking for a way to cure Anna, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, that is probably why they both feel compelled to go. But again, just, uh, man, it's such bad parenting Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. What they do to Elsa, what they do to Anna, what they don't talk about. So I also don't understand necessarily why it was a secret that their mom was North Ultra. Because the people in Arendelle have no poor thoughts towards the North Uldra. They don't know what happened. Nobody knows what happened. <sighs> they just, because when they tell the story, they're like, something happens. Nobody knows. Nobody Everybody knows. starts fighting. And we we don't find out until the very end and the critical reveal that it was Runyard, who right. is the betrayer, mm-hmm. that there was even any animosity at all. Right. So why hide that fact? The when we meet up with the soldiers in the forest, in fact, while they are all somewhat antagonistic towards each other, they're living together. They're yeah. they're existing together in the forest. So man, I don't know. They could have done so much here mm-hmm. with the backstory with potential plot that they just missed mm-hmm. i think yeah so anyways we basically start the movie with anna and elsa getting ready to celebrate which is essentially like thanksgiving right like an autumnal it seems harvest like festival. a harvest festival of some kind yeah and i like that there was a very like on the nose part of the song that they sang about the flag never falling or whatever and then shortly thereafter, the flag, the flag falls. falls. And then, so that's when they sing, "Something has never changed," which is yep. so. Something I noticed about the songs in this film were that they were they seemed more mature in mm-hmm. subject matter, like they were deeper. I think is a way to say it. Like especially, "Some things never change." Some things never change, and I have to say, I, I may be in the minority on this one. I don't know, but I don't. I didn't particularly care for this version of Olaf. Yeah, I you kind like of him thought, more as a comedic foil. Well, I don't know. I honestly don't know that I ever really cared for Olaf I never all that cared much for Olaf. to begin with, <laughs> but this. Olaf was just a little bit precious as far as I was concerned. Yeah. <laughs> and I did, I will acknowledge the story when he was telling it both to the people in the forest and at the end to yeah. Snowflake or whatever the giant. Yep. Yeah. Those parts were fantastic. Mm-hmm. But yeah. 
I'm just, Olaf the rest of the time was kind of wearying to me, and I felt like he got more screen time than maybe, that maybe could have been devoted to, I don't know, story, plot, I agree. things. I agree. I'm not a fan of Olaf, and I wasn't in the first movie either, so maybe my contempt of him just stems from that. Maybe there are people who feel differently. I, I did not care for him really at all i want we want to hear from you olaf fans yeah if there are please give us a call let us know if you're that person buying that olaf merchandise that i keep finding you let me know because i don't want it it's 402-885-4875 we would like to hear from you (laughs) because we don't believe you exist that's all yeah we don't think you're out there (laughs) okay prove us wrong prove us wrong so then we have i guess the song right we have into the unknown it doesn't Mm -hmm. take us very long to get to i Mm -hmm. want here because that's really all this movie is is i want to go into the unknown Mm -hmm. how do you feel about the song into the unknown I actually really like the song. I really like it, too. Um, I had listened to the Panic at the Disco version previously, uh, but I hadn't listened to the soundtrack at all. Like, I I refused to listen to the soundtrack, because sometimes the soundtracks are, like, too... It's spoilery! Yeah. So, um, I had listened to the Panic at the Disco version previous to seeing the movie, and I didn't like it. But then, when I watched the movie, I really liked the Panic at the Disco version (laughs) during the credits. And... That's something I really liked about this movie. I thought that the covers of the soundtrack songs that were played during the credits were so much better than the ones from the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think who was it that re- who was it that did the song? It's Casey Musgraves. Who no, does I was going to say found. from the first one. Who did oh, Let It Go? Gosh. Was it Demi Lovato? I think, I think so. Somebody like that. Um, who I, It was somebody that like I have absolutely no problem with, and I actually enjoy some of her songs, but I just didn't like her version of Let It Go. It was too Disney poppy. Um, whereas with these ones, I thought they did an awesome job. It's Panic at the Disco doing Into the Unknown. Casey Musgraves does... Um, no, it was Demi Lovato. Who did, yeah, from the original. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but on this version... It's uh, Panic at the Disco does Into the Unknown. Casey Musgraves does All is Found. And it's a really great version. Like, I was really impressed by that Mm -hmm. version. Oh, I really like it. Like, mm -hmm. as a lullaby, as a song, it will... It's already made my cue, so... Mm -hmm. And then Weezer does a version of Lost in the Woods. We haven't gotten there yet, because... Sarah and I both really, really, I I have to say, quite possibly my favorite scene in the movie. So we'll get that. As somebody Mm -hmm. who's not really a big Weezer fan, still impressed. And somebody who also is not a Panic at the Disco fan, even though they, like, fell into the genre of music I was listening to when they first came out, I've just never really been a fan. I, I, I'm kind of a fan. I don't know. My music habits, especially as I get older, have really grown very odd. <laughs> if I can't listen to it on repeat 58,000 times in a loop, then it's probably not going to make my list. And <laughs> that's just weird. And like, I, I don't know. I mean, but I work and write with songs on repeat. That's just what I do. And yeah. so... 
some of these are going to be great for that. So we haven't really gotten much into the plot yet. Well, because, again... <laughs> There's not much plot to speak of. So Into the Unknown is the I Want song here. And it starts us... Man, this is just so punny because there's no plot here. But it starts us on the journey into the The mist. Yeah, I'm trying to avoid that. I really (laughs) am. We go into the mist. We find the totems that we'd been told about before. And then we get to meet the people. The North Aldras and the, the guards. The North Aldras. There we, was a female guard. Did you catch that? There was a female guard, yes. That's nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she doesn't have a name. But she's there. But she's there. Again, it's, it's Disney's, hate to use this word, but token effort at <laughs> diversity. And, man, I'm, we're, we're going through this plot here, and I'm looking at it, and there's just nothing here. So, they're in the woods, and we figure out that... Elsa uh, woke up the other elemental spirits. Oh, there's the whole scene with the chameleon, which is very So cute. freaking cute. He's a salamander, by the way. Oh, you're right. He is a salamander. He has a name. It's like Brunei. I have never heard it pronounced, but it's spelled B-R-U-N-I. Which um, I would assume would be Brunei, like the country. I feel like if there's two things that Disney dropped the ball on as far as merchandise goes this holiday season, it's Baby Yoda and Brunei. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, this salamander is so cute. I, I wanted one as soon as I saw too. him. I'm like, can I take him home? So like, cute. so cute. The water horse was really pretty remarkable, the too. Knock. And the wind spirit, while not really present, I mean, Gale. I like Gale. As an entity, I really liked Gale. <laughs> And then we have, obviously, the big giant, what are they, rock, troll, earth, spirit, (laughs) what are they? What do they call them? I I don't know that we have, in my notes, I have gigantic earth spirits. I feel like they were given a name. Yes, I think they were given a name. (laughs) But I don't got it. I think I wrote it down in my notes in the dark theater. Oh, well... We'll wait for you to check. They called them Sleeping Giants. No, I called it Sleeping Giants. I don't know what their name is. Earth Giants? Yeah, I'm not really sure they had a technical (laughs) name. But they're big and scary and also very cute. Like the noses. The noses. Yeah, when they almost end up in the nose when they're traveling down the river. And they had an opportunity and missed it. For one of the Earth spirits to save Anna at the dam when she was breaking it to prove their relative benign nature. Yeah. But instead it was the boys who caught her as she was coming across the dam. But yeah, I, I, I think there would have been a moment for that there. Again, Disney missed lots of opportunities here. And I don't know if it's because... They just wanted to push it out. Mm-hmm. Or, I, I mean, I, don't, I feel like story-wise, they just did not have enough meetings about this one. Yeah. 
It's funny because, like, breaking it apart like this, I'm seeing all the holes. But when mm-hmm. I was watching the movie, I really appreciated it. As Well, the first time. But you and I both know it's yeah. the first time it's fine. With kids' movies especially, yeah. this is why we usually watch at least twice before so that we have right. a sense of seeing the holes the second time around. And yeah. we didn't get to do that this time. But even just reading about it, I'm like, but why, wait, what, what, what were, why didn't you do this, Disney? (laughs) There's a lot that they could have done story-wise about, in particular, how we conquer, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there was so much there about the dam and the oppression of the North Umbra people and we just we touched it we poked it with a stick something I thought was interesting was when um, there's a a scene where Kristoff has an encounter with the head of the North Umbra people um, Yelena Mm -hmm. and she makes some comment to him and I can't remember specifically what it was right now and just the way she said it I expected there to be like some kind of backstory there between them that we never got and I I was like well maybe we'll find out where Kristoff's from (laughs) (sighs) so that's something that'll be interesting to see on rewatch like I'd like to um, pay more attention to that scene so we'll talk about the North Aldra now it's a good time One of the things that Disney did for the making of this movie was to specifically um, do outreach with the indigenous people of... Norway. Norway. They are called, I'm sure I'm butchering it, the Sami. And they were involved in storyboarding mm-hmm. the North Aldra people. The costumes that we saw are all traditionally designed. Okay. So there was a lot of thought paid to I, I hesitate to call them minor details but details, right? Mm-hmm. There was a lot of thought paid to the details but not quite enough about speaking to what has happened here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess in the end it's still a kids movie, right? Right, it is. But I think it's I think it's notable that they've made that effort now to be more authentic in the way they represent like cultures. Um, I think that that's something we can definitely see and attribute to how successful Moana was. Um, Also, speaking of Moana, just like Moana, there is a Sami language version of Frozen 2. Oh, that's great. That was made specifically, it should have been released this weekend. Yeah. That that they did in association with the Sami people when they contributed the music in particular because mm-hmm. that was the big controversy from the first one the song at the beginning mm-hmm. that opening song is very important to their people okay and that was never addressed and that was never addressed. right okay so then i like that makes me like that scene even more than in this one when we because, get to hear yeah. them singing it mm-hmm. yeah i will note 
in a two steps forward, one step back kind of way, that that song does not appear on the short uh, soundtrack I and only uh, is only on the extended two disc edition. So, <laughs> okay, so we're, we've gotten to the woods and we've met the North Aldra people and then we have... I guess dinner? There's that kind of dinner scene where they're all doing basic around the campfire domestic tasks. Mm -hmm. And that's when the big rock spirits show up or whatever. And Elsa and Anna leave with Olaf. And then we get... Just, lost in the woods. Yes. Then we it's get lost in the woods. my absolute favorite part of this movie. So good. My notes from that scene are like so ridiculous. There's lots of exclamation points. <laughs> so I did not have a chance to go and compare. I wanted to have time. I did not. A savvy viewer could likely tell me, though, which journey music video lost in the woods is a parody of because so i let don't me tell know you. that it's specifically journey it's definitely of that time though, oh my god it's gotta be I mean, like, journey there's a, you can't tell me it's not a journey parody and then there's the totally on the nose ending with the reindeer and it's bohemian rhapsody i know oh my <laughs> god the reindeer and the talking reindeer I here is that. so amazing. I, I have to admit, I like it. I, I did. Kristoff has that little moment with Ryder where Ryder like is like, yeah, I talk to the reindeer. You know I what they're going to I talk for the reindeer. Yeah. And, and not to them, for them. Yeah. I just hear their voices in yeah. my head. Yep. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like we could have gone farther with that relationship, too. Right, like what's Kristoff's... Uh, attachment here like where how does he fit in he is certainly physically not right like them he he certainly looks more arendelle as but a maybe blonde but maybe um yelena had like a little thing with an arendelle A, a dog man. And I, I don't know if I can quite go with your head cannon on that one. But she seems but. to know something about Kristoff. I'm telling you, when you see it again, pay attention to there's okay. that one little right. scene. I will watch that one scene again. There's something there, is- there. So my guess is because because of the time period that we're removed from, she has a child with somebody from Arendelle and they aren't there obviously they're in Arendelle and then she gets cut off and that child is like Kristoff's parent because that would have to be if uh Anna and Elsa's parents were teenagers Mm -hmm. at that time point no so that's my guess I'm telling you it's something preteen maybe I, I don't know that I give Anna and Elsa young parents teens. yeah they yeah. were I don't know anyways I'm just saying pay better attention to that scene next time you watch it there there are some interesting timeline things here and uh, 
Again, for the subtext, this is the same place where Elsa has the conversation with Honeyman, which is, you know, your lesbian love scene if you're inclined to view <laughs> it as a lesbian love scene, I guess. Here are our theories. <laughs> These are our two big ones. Take them and do what you will. If she's not gay, then she's meant to be asexual. If she's the fifth element, right? Like, we can go if she's to the other fifth sci-fi element, movies When is she going to dye her hair orange and start See? talking about multi-passes? Well, there you go. <laughs> Multi-pass. <laughs> There's... So, Elsa is Lilu. Which would make her element. straight, I guess, except for I don't think Lilu would likely have been very discerning, if you want my <laughs> honest opinion on the subject. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Disney could have done in this situation. No, I really, I don't know either. And you're allowed to see what you want to see there, or not see what you want to see there. There, it's, I think... Disney's kind of damned if they do and damned if they don't. Because if they do openly gay characters in cartoons, mm -hmm. everybody on the right is going to be up in arms about how inappropriate this is to be showing our children. Mm -hmm. And we're not even touching China on that one. Mm -hmm. We're just talking about here in the United States of America where we can't even seem to be okay with love so, as love. I guess then... They leaving that still open-ended is about the best we can ask for at this time from Disney, sadly. Yeah, I just have to say, as a member of the LGBTQ community, it's not enough. Right. It's just, it's not enough. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. Okay. Well, then we have the whole abandoning of Anna and Olaf scene. Which is that song that she sings when Olaf disappears is really good. Um, I mean, I know that there are people there who, that out there that have, like, suffered loss who will find um, that song very poignant and um, it was certainly a bucket of Kleenexes for me. I mean, so that one's called that one's called the next right thing, and it is sometimes when you have suffered a terrible, crushing loss, moving forward, yeah, is literally all you can think about. Right. I thought it was really well written. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to listen to it very often, but I really, really enjoyed that song and that sequence. And certainly while I question some of the parenting habits in this film, the way that it touches on love and loss have always been in this one and in the first one mm -hmm. are well done. They mm -hmm. are well done. Yeah, I I really liked 
the songs from this movie and I thought that even like Olaf's song um when I'm older is it mm-hmm. called when I am older I mean it sounds it's like I can I still have thoughts like that you know mm-hmm. like <laughs> someday on this will all make someday sense. <laughs> I'm gonna get my shit together because yeah. I'll be older right when I'm 40 I'm... <laughs> in three years <laughs> in nine months six months now yeah. when I am 40 in six months uh, yeah I, still so on that one I don't know I will I am looking forward to seeing whether or not my kids like latch that on song. to any of the songs yeah and, and yeah. in particular that one because while I am separated from it a little bit, I do remember what that was like. Yeah. Oh, God. When I am older, <laughs> it's all going to make sense, right? Then we have, I guess, the duet between Elsa and her dead mom. Yeah. So, which was mostly reprise, and it was good. Right. Is that... Um the... I guess Show Yourself is the name of that one. Okay. So Show Yourself. So I, my note from that is I don't even know why I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> my just, mom has so been dead emotional. for almost 18 years Mm -hmm. and if I could have a conversation with her right this minute I would stop right what we're doing and go have a conversation with her so that was yeah they hit a lot of really really great notes about loss and longing and love Mm -hmm. here yeah definitely and those did too that song did too it was very much about her personal growth while also learning about her origin. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm hopefully not the only person who had the thought that when Olaf, like, goes away, when he disappears, mm-hmm. turns to snow dust, that I was really hoping they stuck with it, and it was like a... No more Olaf? No more Olaf. Suck it up, kids. Let's learn about death today. So, if we're going to suck it up and learn about death, we should probably kill all the Arendellians. No? Yeah, right, with the wave. No, uh, just Olaf. Just just Olaf. I would have been fine. I think that my thought about Elsa when she was riding the knock um, to save the town was that she's definitely a superhero. Hmm, I like that. Princess superhero Elsa. Yeah, I think she's a superhero. Her gown at the end is certainly superhero-like. Yeah. Yeah. I like the way, I mean, it's, a lot of her stuff has that sheer blended into the skin kind of effect, but this one definitely does it with the jewels on the neckline. And the pants and a Mm -hmm. cape. Mm-hmm. I liked all the clothes in this movie. I really liked them all, too. I liked the colors. Mm-hmm. The purple one was my favorite, but... Everything. I would wear a version of everything of in this movie. Um, that also brings me back to Disney putting the face characters in the costumes. The versions of the costumes they have these face characters in are really, like, low-rent versions. Like, 
super surprising for Disney. It seems like they kind of just rushed it out. Just based on the pictures I saw, they're just not, like, epic by any means. Um, especially, like, Elsa's outfit. It looks like any costume you could buy at, like, the costume shop for, like, $80. So, so what you're <laughs> saying is they dressed their face characters in the same dresses that you can go and buy at yeah. Bibbidi Bobbidi Boom. No, not, no, like, even, like, from Ruby's Halloween costumes. <laughs> not even, like, officially sanctioned Disney ones. I'm just saying they just don't look great. Like, they're not impressive by any means. And maybe they just rushed them. I don't... Man, so much of this could have been great. Mm-hmm. And it's just not quite there. It's just not quite there. It's not bad. I mean, I really... I enjoyed the film. I feel like we have this conversation so many times, though, Mm -hmm. in animated films, and I guess maybe I have to start saying, like, I just have to start chalking up to it, some of it, to the fact that, ideally, the audience for this movie is kids. I think you do a disservice to your children, though, Mm -hmm. when you say they can't understand or go with those higher plot lines. Sure. And I think Disney does a disservice to our children when they assume that they can't follow complex, intricate storylines as well. But at the same time, we both noted how much our kids liked My Neighbor Totoro, right? And it doesn't get more simple than My Neighbor Totoro. Except that the story is very rich. The the, there the actual is not, plot of the film? Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to it. Right. No. But there is a lot... What My Neighbor Totoro does that this one hasn't, what Disney has struggled with for a long time, I feel, is showing and not telling. Sure. Yep. And you get such a rich sense of the world Mm. of Totoro and what's going on there just from the visual imagery. And you should hear, you get glimpses of what it should be, mm-hmm. but they don't go far enough with the details to tell the story. So we're left with then filling in the gaps as an audience. And our kids do it too. So how do you feel with the way this movie ends? How, what did you think of Queen Anna and Elsa of the Forest? it's fine it's 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 fine i think it seemed fitting to me i think it fit their personalities better um we haven't even talked about the fact that uh throughout the whole thing christoph is trying to propose to anna oh no we've literally (laughs) not even mentioned that but that's fine because it's not important no it's so peripheral and Although, you could argue that it is very relational to what's supposed to be happening Mm -hmm. in a heteronormative situation here. (laughs) But I I, I think we can overlook it, because honestly, I 
didn't even care. What mattered to me was that as Anna is barreling down the hill and Kristoff comes to save her, she says, let's go to the dam. And he and doesn't do. think twice about it. He yep. doesn't think twice. Like, he he doesn't says, what do we argue? have to do? Yeah. Uh, what do we Just have to do? It. We go to the dam and he does. Mm-hmm. That's it. I really, really like that. I made a note of that, that he doesn't even question the dam. No, that is, for me, that level of support and mm-hmm. trust and faith that's what a good marriage is. Mm-hmm. So I did like how they demonstrated that. I think in the end, I like the idea of Enchanted Forest Elsa. She seems to be more in her element there. Ha ha ha. And maybe we'll have her lesbian girlfriend of the forest as well. Who knows? We're, Some, we're not going to... We, we just get to guess, I guess. I think that they, I don't know, as the, as the fifth element, and, and yeah, I thought it was kind of, uh, I certainly drew that parallel. They could have done more with her. I mean, yeah. she certainly, if, if we're calling her superhero, and I like that, then, then we can do more there. Yeah. I don't know. The wave was fine. It, it's fine. I, it was all fine. I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I like the way the movie looked. I like that we it got all beautiful. the autumnal colors this time. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the clothes. I love the salamander. I love the knock. I like Gale. Still don't like Olaf. <laughs> Still don't like Olaf. <laughs> Still love Sven. Really want a stuffed salamander, though. Yeah. I really, I feel like Disney is missing out on the merch on that one. Get on it. I want one with those cute little purple flames. Man, mm-hmm. he was so cute. So, so cute. cute. <laughs> okay, so overall, I don't know. Where did you... Because I had many blubber points, So, and it was the first time, which means... I mean, I didn't cry the whole way through, but <laughs> I certainly went through more than a few tissues. I certainly felt emotional. I know that my biggest issue with the first one was that they drop off songs, like, with a quarter of the movie left to go. Um, I think this one probably fell into the same... Because we don't really get anything after... um, Show Yourself, right? Right. Oh, wait. Well, the next next right right thing. thing. Yeah. I mean, they they did a reasonable job, I feel like, with the spacing on the songs, and I really liked the songs that we got. Yeah. I really like the songs that we got. You're right. Um, I think I'm going to have to reserve um, rating until I see it again. Honestly, I'm kind of with you on this one. I feel like we can, maybe two months from now, tack on a five-minute addendum (laughs) with ratings because I honestly can't... One viewing is not enough for me at this point in time. After almost nine months doing this podcast, I have standards to uphold. Right, exactly. And I cannot offer a critical review. (laughs) After only seeing it once. I think I'm in the same, same boat here. Like, it was different with The Lion King because the story 
was the same story. Yeah, it was the same story. I, this, I need to, I, I'd like to poke more holes at it. I'd like mm-hmm. to come back and see this two or three more times and fi- figure out what I'm really finding to be problematic because overall the story was beautiful. Yeah. It really was. I, I walked out of the theater and was happy with the time that I had spent there. Right. And I cannot always say that about kids' movies, especially right. not when I have to go and spend time in a theater on a weeknight for work. Other stuff. Basically, <laughs> right? Yeah, this was this was an enjoyable film. So overall. we're gonna reserve rating yep, for later. We'll come back to it in a couple months. So for this movie, we found well i found my a f- good friend of mine has pat yourself on the back yes there, i am totally gonna <laughs> pat myself on the back here has this amazing child her name is sydney i will share a link to the viral video of <laughs> she's the little girl dancing. she's the little tiana dancing she's yeah. so amazing i'll link it in case you haven't seen it but yeah she has a YouTube channel and an Instagram channel that she is active on now. Sydney is an actor and a singer, and she is an eight-year-old firecracker. So I asked her mom if she'd be willing to come on the pod and have a chat with us about the movie, and she squealed. So we took that as a yes. <laughs> and we sat down with her. I sat down with her this morning. And we chatted. And I am here right now with Sydney, who is going to provide our very first kid opinion. So, Sydney, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, hi, first of all. I'm eight years old. I love theater. My favorite color is green. And I love to be around my parents. And I really like Disney. Um... Disney has always been in like a magical place for me because we'll go there to celebrate something or we're just going there for a vacation. So I just like, I like going to Disney. I like, I like playing. I like to be on plays and being on stage. Cool. So, okay. Who's your favorite Disney princess then? Tiana. Well, that is somehow not at all a surprise to me. <laughs> So you went and saw Frozen with your mom, right? And my dad, yes. And your dad. What did you think? I loved it. It was really good. I thought it was pretty good, too. I was really impressed. So, okay. What was your favorite song? My favorite song was Into the Unknown. It's really good, isn't it? Yes. It's going to be it's going to be a fun one to sing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, who, what was your favorite part? My favorite part when, my favorite part was when Olaf was explaining everything that happened in the past and why they were there in the forest. And the knight was like, Piranha. <laughs> that was my favorite part. Did you see Olaf at the very end of the credits? Yes. Yes. Telling the rest of the story to that giant snowman. Yes. Yes. 
That was pretty. Olaf is a lot of fun. Yeah. He's really cute, too. He's really cute, too, yes. So, Anna or Elsa? Oh, I think my favorite is... I really don't know. I have to go for both. But if I had to choose, I would have to go for Elsa. Okay, why do you like Elsa? Well, she has magical powers. Uh-huh. Toward the end, she gets this beautiful gown. Her hair's out. And it's just, she was really beautiful. Awesome. Why do you like Anna? Um, I like Anna because she's funny. And, uh, well, she, well she's funny. And she's the sister of Elsa. And... I don't know what else to say but funny. She's just really, she's really funny. She's um kind, and she all she always likes to be with her sister. All right, darling. Well, thank you so much. I may call you again the next time Disney does a movie, and we'll have you back and we'll talk about it. What do you think? I think that's a good plan. Okay. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. So, if your children would like to come and talk about kids' movies, we're happy to have them. We've don't been they wanting. Always, don't they always say don't work with kids or animals? I, I know, but that was, was so was much fun. Interview. I yeah. had so much fun. <laughs> we love to interview kids. We would love to have more of your kids on this show. I, when we initially conceived of this show, we were like, we'll do kids opinions it'll be great and we this was the first time i'd managed to round up a kid opinion so anytime you want to make your kids podcast i don't know stars because that's not big of me at all or anything right us with our what are we at like 600 monthly downloads or so What we're trying to say is, if your kid has an opinion and wants to talk to us, or just leave us their opinion, give us a call at 402-885-4875. We'd love to hear what your kids have to think about some of these movies. And that leads us into a great transition to what we'll be talking about next. So, we are moving towards quality rather than quantity. Yes, We've decided to cut out the mini-sodes entirely. We, listeners, I'm, some of you listen to them, I assume, but they do not get a lot of listenership. Right. And we just haven't been able to give them the love that they need. Well, mostly I think it's that Sarah comes to it every week and says, I have a lot of things to say, and then it turns out to be exactly 90 seconds of (laughs) things to say. Right, yep, yeah. Yeah. So what we've decided to do instead is to roll two movies worth of corrections into one episode and then use that time to also do a deep dive. Because there's a lot of things that we'd really like to talk about that we've not really had the opportunity to do so. We've not really had a place where we can dive deep into what happens at Disney with their faces and the secret tunnels. Do y'all know about the secret tunnels? Like... There's so much about Disney that we would love to talk about that just doesn't fit into a standard episode. Or so, like the whole Pixar 
Yeah, that one was... We did that one once. That one was fun. We'd like to do more topical deep dives. So, our next movies are going to be Home Alone and The Christmas Chronicles, which is the Netflix release with Kurt Russell as Santa. Um, Very topical, because those will be releasing in the month of December. We thought you needed holiday movies for December, obviously. We have thoughts on holiday movies. We have lots of thoughts on holiday movies. And we addressed this too a bit in those two episodes, but we will then do some more in-depth research on the whole PG situation. And this has come up previously on episodes too, where what is being rated PG today doesn't seem like what was being rated PG 15 years ago. Or perhaps the reverse is that it's what was PG 15 years ago would not fly as PG now. Right. But the standards are weird. And it depends on the thing. So we'd like to do a really exhaustive look and see what's what when it comes to PG films. So there you go. We hope you'll stick with us. We think that this is going to be a great move for the podcast. It's definitely um, information that we just have not been able to find a place for at this point. And we are looking to improve the overall quality of the individual movie episodes as well which i think will be fantastic we're only ever gonna do these ones new microphones yeah there we go (laughs) we're working guys yeah we're 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 trying yeah we're only ever gonna talk about the movie once we're never gonna come back to it so we'd like for it to be as polished and finished as it can be agreed that's that's the plan. Um, okay, now we are slowly and surely trying to make headway on our social media channels. Check out Instagram if you want to see my in the dark theater notes from Frozen. <laughs> After we, you, if you've already seen the movie, because they're full of spoilers. Although if you've listened to this spoilers. episode, same spoilers. <laughs> We're Latchkey Movies on Instagram. And Facebook and Twitter, although Twitter is a cesspool and don't expect us to do much except for live tweet there occasionally when it's... So we tried with The Little Mermaid. We shared some stuff when we watched it. And if we'd shared it on Twitter, that would have been the appropriate venue for that. Yeah, but my power went out. Well, we'll we'll blame it all (laughs) on your power. Uh... Finally, you can shoot us an email, latchkeymovies at gmail.com, or you can give us a call. So what did we solicit calls for here? Uh, We were looking for Olaf fans. Yeah, if you're a fan of Olaf, prove yourself. Yeah. (laughs) I'd I'd like to hear you confess your undying love for Olaf. Because we call shenanigans. Serious (laughs) shenanigans. All right, guys. This has been a lot of fun. We will see you in two weeks.